Welcome to Screen Therapy. I'm your host, Jason Schurz. In October of 2018, I found myself in the hospital, sitting across from a psychiatrist who was telling me I had bipolar. I was sent home with a bunch of medication and laid on the couch for a week. I had my iTunes library on shuffle, trying to shake the hornet's nest from my head. Ever since I was a kid, I've been using loud music as a form of therapy. Punk rock and mental health have always been connected. This podcast looks at that connection through the lens of different guests. This is Screen Therapy. Self-care for punk musicians on tour often gets lost in the chaos and fury of the shows. It takes strong willpower and awareness to avoid the unhealthy elements of touring, drugs and alcohol, lack of sleep and food, and even on-stage injuries. Amy Taylor is the vocalist of Australian rocked-out punk band Amal and the Sniffers, a four-piece known for its killer riffs and Amy's wild dance moves and boundless energy. Despite expelling so much during the band's shows, Amy is careful to take care of herself before and after gigs. When she first found punk rock, Amy was attracted to what she calls consensual violence, releasing her anger by thrashing around in the pit and banging into other punks. Now that she's fronting Amal and the Sniffers, she hasn't stopped. Jumping down into the audience to get into the fray, she loves whipping people into a frenzy. Amy often nurses a sore throat after shows and spends a lot of time on the road by herself. She gets lonely and sometimes has dark thoughts. Using punk as an outlet, and what she calls the power of the microphone on stage while taking care of herself off stage, Amy has found a healthy balance between the quiet and the loud. Taylor from Australian punk band Amal and the Sniffers. Yeah, I'm the singer in that band. We've been a band since 2016. I've just always really like live music to me is super important as like a community thing and thing included, I guess. I think live music and like punk music and I guess whatever genre you listen to, but because I really love garage and the energy of punk, garage, hardcore, all that stuff, that's what I like and that's where I feel like I can just get rowdy and be myself. But I think it's really important because it's, for me, I kind of am like socially sort of weirdo, but when you go to gigs and stuff, you can be around heaps of different people. You can like chat with a couple of different people, but you're all together and you're all like sharing something and you're like, you know, it's like really cathartic to like flash around in a, in a pit and get sweaty and listen to music. It's just really the, the peak of life in a lot of ways. The thrashing around and being in the pit, those things were therapy for you to help with your mental health? I think I didn't even really realize that it was until maybe like, maybe even just even the last couple of weeks when I realized like, oh, that's probably like a big part of why I feel weird about just like a hole in my identity because so much of my socializing always came from that. 
And so much of my joy came from that as well. But it's definitely a big part of my mental health and like feeling like I'm a part of something. And I guess I have heaps and heaps of energy. And it's like I do work out and stuff and I do get rid of it like that. But to get rid of it, dancing the music in any kind of capacity is just really special, I think. I grew up in Mullumbimby, which is a town in northern New South Wales. Um, it's pretty pretty gentrified now, which is pretty normal for everywhere, I guess. But it's like a small kind of town. It's really hippie, like super hippie slash like farmer. Growing up, there wasn't really, because it's so small, like there's like never any shows on and stuff. But then somebody introduced me to hardcore shows and I was like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> so I just used to go to like local kind of like punk hardcore garage bands constantly because they're all ages. I really like the consensual violence of it and I like that I could get rid of, I have so much energy. I like that I could get rid of it. I like that I could just smash it out. I don't know. I just like that everyone could just be themselves there, I guess, in a way. And I really just like resonated with the anger or, of punk music and hardcore music because growing up, like I didn't really see a lot of expressed anger, I guess, like because like, of the town I'm from, it was always really like suppressed. And then when I went to a hardcore show, I was like, oh, sick. Like you can feel angry at stuff because there's lots to be angry about and it's okay to express it. And I actually need to express it. I'm going to fucking like be insane. <laughs> and so when you got into singing in a band, was Am on the Sniffers your first band? Yeah, Am on the Sniffers' first band, okay. yeah. Having the stage presence or just getting up there and doing it, how did that feel? And was there a bit of a hump to get over it at first? To be honest, it came really naturally for me. I just, I really, like, even when I was a kid and I would go to the hardcore shows, it was like only ever males on stage, but I'd be like, I want to do that. Or not even I want to do that, but it's like, I think I could do that. Like, because there was only ever really male, so I didn't know it's something I could do, but I knew that I wanted to. And then when we started the band, it was all pretty organic and, like, intuitive, and I didn't really get that nervous or anything. But I really found that I liked, I guess, the power of having the microphone just being able to express myself in a performative kind of way was really uh, special for me. And it never really, I never really flinched at it. Did you find yourself going to a different place when you were doing it or were you remembering everything? I know a lot of folks talk about dissociating when they're, when they're up on stage. I actually reckon I disassociate. Yeah. It's kind of like meditative in a lot of ways. I'm like hyper-focused, but also like, I'm just not there at the same time. So it's like, I'm super, I'm there, but I'm also just out of body kind of thing. Have you ever found there is feeling unsafe or? I think for me, it's like, I, I really like work myself up at the shows because I am like just pretty, I've got all this aggression and stuff and that's my place to get rid of it. It's like, I can wind myself up and then feel just like super intense after a show or whatever. Or so rather than feeling like that was unsafe. It's more trying to like navigate calming down afterwards because I'm just genuinely get absolutely like wound up. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. So what do you do to wind down after a really hectic show? I don't know if I have it completely figured out yet, to be honest. Sometimes it's different. Sometimes I just feel like shit for a little bit. Sometimes I just like hang out with people. Sometimes I go eat food. I don't really, yeah, I don't really have a toolkit for it. I just am still learning, I guess, how to work around it. Do you sleep that night? Yeah, I actually do. Okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. My sleep setup is pretty good at, for some reason. Most of the time I can just shut my eyes and I'm, I'm out. Nice. Yeah, sleep's so crucial. Yeah. And I guess when you're on tour, that could be a game changer. 
Yeah, well, when I'm on tour, like I'm pretty militant with my health. Well, militant's probably a bit ambitious, but I, I just try and pay as much att attention to it as I can. Like, I really like value feeling like healthy and I really like value having like a clear mind, just being like logical and not fucked up. And I really like control and I don't like being out of control, especially like in foreign places or whatever around people I don't know. It's like I like being like aware most of the time. Yeah, on tour, it's like I don't party that much. I'll like try and do like stretches and shit. I'll try and eat as healthy as I can, drink heaps of water, get good sleep, not drink too much and stuff. Because I just personally, like, I just don't like the way it makes me feel that much. I lose my voice all the time. So I just got to be really careful with that shit and not take the piss out of it because I really like being able to sing and stuff. I don't want to fuck it up. Any injuries that happen that you have to nurse afterwards when you get up there and thrash yeah. around? Yeah, constantly, actually. Like, physical injuries, like, yeah, I've torn the cartilage in my knee, gotten black eyes, chipped my teeth. Everything really, <laughs> but nothing too crazy. Like I've had my leg a couple of times and like been on limping and stuff like that. One time I had food poisoning for two weeks and didn't, <laughs> we started the tour in Russia, which was crazy in itself. And, but they put us up in this really nice hotel and there was a buffet breakfast with like all this fish. And I was like, this is cool. I'm just going to eat it. And then started the tour two weeks of just like <laughs> terrible stomach. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. You try to put a exercise and diet routine into your, when you're on the road, what is the difference? Like if there's days that you can't work out or can't do those things, do you notice it quite a bit? Yeah, actually, I actually do. Like I just, and same in just general life as well. Like if I'm, I just get really wound up and like intense and I can get pretty dark in the mind, but it'll be, I think it'll be like after having the year in Melbourne, going back into touring, I think it'll be completely different because I've had the time to have stability here and work out proper routines and like proper exercise stuff. Being overseas will be easier. Also, I never read books before. Like, no, I just, it was always like, fuck books. But over the last year, someone introduced me to books and I was actually like, well, this is the best thing of my life. <laughs> you can read books now when you're touring. Yeah. And I feel like I've learned a lot of like, because I, I guess I was like always focusing on like the physical agility if I exercise, eat healthy, drink water, sleep, I'll be sweet, which didn't always work. Over the last year, I've learned a lot about like mental agility and like, you know, just like being strong in the brain. And I think that will actually be the thing that will help me more than anything. No matter how much I work out, if I'm like just letting my thoughts run crazy, then it doesn't actually help that much, even though it does help. So the exercising and the things that you do do, those can lift the depression. Definitely, 100%. They make my life so much better. Like, even just going for a 10-minute walk around the block when I first wake up and stuff like that, you're like, oh, life's pretty sweet. Especially when you're just, like, inside all the time or, like, looking at a screen or in a van or in dark venues, dark vans, all that stuff, whatever. You don't get, like, to just do human things, which is, like, get light, have water, eat something green. A lot of folks that are on the road in bands that are looking after their mental health have told me that they're really afraid of having some sort of a crisis while on the road. Have you thought about that at all? Because I know that you really go hard and I'm sure you've had an empty tank a few times. Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty intense workhorse in a lot of ways. And I like, don't let anything ever stop me. Like, I don't know when to be like, all right, Amy, chill. Like you need to book less shows or like any of that stuff. So I've definitely had intense kind of like 
anxiety spells or depression spells on tour where I'll play a gig and just like can't settle down or like I have like no control over my thoughts and stuff like that and I think everyone in the band has had like different moments of pretty bad mental health on the road you know we've toured for like four months at a time it just can be really exhausting and it's confusing because you're like this is such a lucky privilege to be touring the world and then you're like but why do I feel so shattered and I feel like that's what gets that can that can be one of the main things that get me down because I'm like oh I'm ungrateful and I should really pumped on this but sometimes you just can't be because you actually just need to sleep and the biggest part as well as being isolated from your communities because I lose my voice a lot I'm always kind of quite isolated because I can't communicate with people because I need to rest and I'm there to do the, the show that's what I want to do so that's the priority and then so I can go like months kind of thing without really having any proper human interactions you know chats about stuff communities like fucking 15 hour flight away so it can be really just that's a really tough thing I think about touring for me and that's why like the mental health and like being healthy and stuff is super important because all that with being like in some kind of limelight like in the attention if my thoughts fault I get dark on myself then that's when like everything feels horrible an empty balloon getting like floating around the abyss with like people constantly looking at you and stuff so like my self-esteem just has to be like in check or it'll just be like fucking horrible and it has been like it, it goes down all the time and stuff and it's like that's pretty normal I'm not saying that I'm like I think I'm the best bitch all the time but it's just important to just be like logical about it as much as I can and know who I know who I am so so that I can't get lost in it all I guess what do you do on the road to take care of each other as a band? Um, not that much, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we all look after each other in our own way. Like, yeah, we are like a family. When we come back from tour at the end of 2019, we lived together all throughout the pandemic and stuff. And we've just spent the last like four years living on each other's shoulders. So, you know, if someone's feeling down, we'll try our best to like bring them up. I don't know if we had that much emotional intelligence, or at least I didn't until probably last year. I didn't really learn any of that stuff and didn't know how to like care for other people and be like a good friend. So I feel like it'll be easier now, but we'll always ask how someone's doing and like listen to them and like try and sort them out if we can. As we get older, like we'll be able to look after each other way more, but there's take it as it comes, I guess. Because I know we all really care about each other and they really care about me. All I'd have to do is be like, I feel really fucked. And they'll try their best, I think, to like sort it out or listen to me or like, yeah, that kind of thing. I read in one of the articles that I read for that before I talked to you here, because I felt like I should know something <laughs> about uh, what other people are saying about you, which is important. In some of these articles, you talked about being an angry person. Yeah, I think definitely I'm an angry person. Like I have a really short fuse and I could just be like really frustrated, which it's not always a good thing because I can just quickly like, like fuck and just get so like wound up and shit and just, yeah, like adrenaline pumps at like at the drop of a hat. It's like I was saying earlier, I suppose, I just have like all this energy and whether it's like an anxious energy, a good energy, like a negative energy, whatever it is, I've just like got it and I just have to keep it pretty managed or I can just be like pretty intense, I guess. Are you able to channel that anger into what you do? Definitely. That's why I love this band so much. It's such a good outlet for me to just be like smash shit and like run around and like 
be fucking angry because I feel like in the punk community, just any kind of like heavier music community, it's like it's really a good place for people to release that because only a small amount of things that you can get rid of your anger with. So like boxing or any kind of sports like that. But there's not actually that much. It's not really like an accepted thing because like anger is scary. It's scary when you see someone angry. It has to just be released in the right way. And for me, at least I think that like punk music and hardcore music is the right way to do that. Like there's a really like consensual, accepted, not violence, but that like energy and that anger within like the community and like gigs and stuff like that. At least I found when I was younger, everyone could like crash around and punch and then you'd move back slightly. There was like a ring of people who kind of wanted to be amongst it, but also just wanted to watch. And then there was the people who didn't want to be a part of that. They could just watch as well. Everyone's kind of there and everyone is angry and needs to get rid of that feeling, I guess. We as punks understand that in mosh pits, we understand that they're very safe places, actually. Yeah. Safe, but very intense. But for someone who's not part of that, what have you heard from folks, thinking maybe family or somebody that didn't really know what it all meant? Do they freak out about it or do they understand it? I haven't really, I think people get really like surprised by it or worried by it, including people in the music community in general. Like there's a lot of people who are like, we want a gig environment to be a safe space. And I totally 100% agree with that. And I don't want anyone to ever feel unsafe, but I think and, I, and it's like, of course it would be unsafe. You get like thrashed around and it's often like male dominated and stuff. But to me, I've always personally felt really safe in a mosh pit. And there's like really that attitude of like helping each other. So like if anybody ever falls down, 100% of the time they'll get lifted back up, tapped on the shoulder, say like, you are right, that kind of thing. There's always a care involved. The anger's never directed at anyone in particular. It's always directed just at life and like the air and everyone's just there releasing it, but no one's like, actually targeting anybody. Yeah, I personally have always found it really safe. And I 100% understand it's not for everybody. And it would be scary if you, you know, you never know what people have been through and stuff. Yeah, it's almost this concept. And I've written about this for the book that I'm working on. But we're given permission to scream in the punk scene, whereas in outside society, you're not allowed to scream, you're not allowed to be angry. Yeah. We're part of a very special community in, in that sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think like understanding my emotions a little bit more or whatever when I, I didn't really completely understand them a couple of years ago it's like that was just the way I was like ah, oh, I don't know what I'm feeling so like fuck <laughs> now I can kind of be like oh I kind of know what I'm feeling but still fuck and that's a really helpful thing as well because it's like it just feels like less of an uncontrolled anger then and I can understand it and then release it rather than just flailing around being like I'm fucking angry so how will that change shows going forward then yeah, I don't know, actually. I have no idea. It's yet to be seen. <laughs> not going to turn into a folk singer or something? <laughs> not at this stage, <laughs> no. Nah. Is there, in your mind, Amy talking to me and Amy on stage? Are those two separate parts of you? For me, personally, it's like I always don't want it to be separate. I try really hard to just have whatever I am on stage to be as authentic to like who I am at the time whatever like for example I feel pretty like I feel like I've changed tapes and like think differently than when I did then we played four shows in 16 months and just because I went through like a really yeah I went through a really rough time last year same as everybody in that I don't want to just be the same person that I was before like I don't want to get up there and act as Amy I want to like make Amy just be Amy kind of thing or whatever that comes out as like I just wanted to be that rather than like pretending 
to be something I was at like two years ago or super normal for humans to like evolve and stuff. And yeah, I want the stage Amy to evolve too and not separate it. But I do think that it's just a, a portion of myself. And because I have that release and I have that place to like get rid of all that like anger and like say what I want to say and like express myself, I feel like it actually like it gives me more confidence to just constantly express myself and be myself and ignore other people's judgments. And it gives me a reason to, because I'm like, it's super important to just be whatever I want to be, obviously without fucking walking all over anybody else, but like just expressing myself the way I need to. It's like, that's such an important part of like good mental health, I reckon, and not feeling like you have to be someone you're not feeling just like free and light. And I feel like having that stage performance of stage person, which is also me, encourages like day-to-day me to do that more as well and realize how like insane it is to be anything but that when you think back to the first show you went to when you were a youth do you remember how you felt to walking through the doors i can't remember i couldn't tell you about the first one but i know the first couple like just feeling like yeah because the town i'm from is pretty surfy or whatever and i was just like an awkward like pale kind of like blonde gruffy head like 14 year old or whatever i was and like Everyone there, I was like, well, everyone's so like cool and shit. You know, they're all got like black shirts on and like look like scary and stuff. And I remember the band started playing and I was just, everyone was throwing around, throwing down. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. I'm pretty sure I would have like got amongst it. To me, I was little and like there was all these like big blokes. And I was like, I just didn't care. I was like, I couldn't see any difference between them and me. It was just like, oh, sick. That's what people are doing here. I can do that too. Throw down with the big blokes and stuff. And you know, I just felt really dope. <laughs> it was just exciting. I think it was just exciting and it felt fun. And I liked that it was kind of scary. Like I was like, this is kind of scary. And like, I don't necessarily fit in here. Yeah, I've got like surfy blonde hair and like just denim cutoffs and stuff. <laughs> but I was like, this is just cool. And you did fit in. Yeah, and I did fit in. And nobody, so I remember someone was like, you look like Kesha. <laughs> but other than that, like everyone was just fine. Everyone was just awkward and uncomfortable and weird just like me which is I think a good lesson to remember that like kind of anywhere you go everyone's just like awkward and uncomfortable and like not that self-assured and like just wants to have a chat most of the time and it's like it was the same there you know maybe like that chick with like the black hair and like the baseball cap and like that's glaring at me just thinks the same thing I do. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Scream Therapy. I'm coming to you from Pal River, a small coastal town in British Columbia, Canada, on the traditional territory of the Klohomin Nation. Doing this podcast and talking to other folks living with mental health challenges has been a huge part of my journey. 
It means the world to me that you're out there listening. You can sign up for my newsletter and find more episodes at ScreamTherapyHQ.com. That's ScreamTherapyHQ.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Let's talk punk and mental health. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, take care and be well. Hey, Scream Therapy listeners. I'm your host, Jason Schurz. As you might imagine, doing the Scream Therapy podcast over the past year and a half has been emotionally heavy and a lot of work. Now that the podcast has reached 40 episodes, I've decided to take a break for a while so I can come back recharged. But fear not, during Scream Therapy's absence, I'm bringing you a spin-off podcast. It's called Flex Your Head. Each episode, I dissect a classic punk album with one of my dear friends as a guest. The inaugural Flex Your Head episode will be me and Greg Pratt, a music journalist, talking about the classic album Supporting Cast by Propagandi. We still have a recap of Scream Therapy episodes 31 to 40 to come. And after that, we're going to flex some heads. Talk soon.